Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm only introducing the Tier 3 podcast because they've promised me a big bag of money and the chance to touch Bob Bifford without him noticing. Hello everybody and welcome back. I hope you're all doing well. I am the man that needs no introduction and with me tonight is the man, the myth, the gravy stain. Beard. Beard, say hello to everyone, my son. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing? How are you doing, Jay? How have you been keeping? Oh, I'm all right, Bert. I'm all right. I've had, I've had a bit of a tough week, to be honest, but it's been... I think I've had no will to paint this week, so... Never fun, never fun when that happens. No, no. It's it's just uh, got to try and get back into the swimming pool, but I'm a few purchases in, so hopefully that will get me... Uh, painting again soon ah so you're you're the living meme of the therapist who says what do we do when things aren't going well use credit card buy more teams buy more teams yep i'll talk more about that when we get to our hobby bit at the end of the show but being hard to be honest but i think because i was in such a rush to get the corn team to a standard for cardiff cup i've just had no no will to paint since then like it'll it'll come back I think I put paint on a cruel boy the other day. I enjoyed that. In the middle of all that as well, I've had to change my office around. How have you been, son? Uh, not too bad. I've got a little bit more painting done. Like you said, we'll come on to a hobby later on. I've just slowly been plodding on with that, stuck between a few different projects. I've also bought a couple of teams. But yeah, it's not been too bad. We'll come on to games played a little bit later on. I'm currently eyeing up my April tax year bonus, and I'm currently looking at a compressor and airbrush kit. You say about me being a living me. We've got to say a big thank you to Firestone Games for being an affiliate link with us. We do, yeah. If you guys don't know, an affiliate link then is a link that we use that when you buy stuff from Firestone Games online, they give us a little bit of a kickback, so it goes back into the Tier 3 coffers. So if you guys are going for miniatures, or you're going for paintbrushes, paints, basic materials, go to Wales is number one place, best place in the whole of the UK, let's be honest. It's firestormgames.co.uk. Got to be the best place in the UK. They put up with us regularly. Yes. The link is in the description. Hey, guys, if you want to go check out their ways, tell them Tier 3 sent you. And I want to say thank you to Printed Players as well for sticking with us as well. He's been fantastic. He's got his little uh, Discord shop with us now. If you want to check it out and be part of our Discord, hit us up and we will... I do, and you could talk to printed players direct. And do we still have the discount code? We do still have a discount code. Uh, the discount code is tier three, so that's the word tier followed by the number three. Obviously, tell him tier three podcast sent you, and he'll talk you through what he's got. He does have some rather nice teams. I've got a couple already. I know you've got a couple, and we're both looking at getting more because the value is great. And again, when it comes to ordering teams, he'll work with you. So if something isn't quite right, say I don't know, one of his teams only has four of a position and you want eight he'll work with you if they need to be mirrored things like that so you get more he'll talk all through that with you postage is really quick turnaround time and the quality on them for what you pay well that's fantastic really is he's got good quality prints as well i'm gonna be honest i've been amazed by how good the teams have been that they've received check him out guys and if you don't want to join our discord but you still want to check out his ways head over to facebook look up 
printed players and you will see how good his prints are as well also he's going to be helping us with Cooper and Drake because we're going to get a couple of trophies off him as well yep well, should we talk games played now yeah we'll talk games played why don't you take it away because you've probably played a bit more than me put aside the best game till last which was uh, earlier this week Beards managed to win two games in a row the fuck's the world coming to two different league games I played tabletop league game against Matt up at Yobble against his pro elves and I think it's fair to say that most of his team spent more time in the KO box than they did on the pitch oh you won that game did you I did I did ah, sorry man I thought you were I thought that was a draw no Feely will now be known as this is bullshit Matt the worst thing about it is I looked onto a play and I saw the results and I still in my head it was a draw that's how much I've, I've blanked out that's how much I'm not used to seeing you win but well it's it's the first time I've beaten Feely to be fair I was really happy with that so yeah I was I was really really happy with that it went really really well I've got a couple of chores now with guard out of that so so what was the final score just one nil to chores so what was the casualties like casualties casualties then um, so it was four injuries on Matt's side badly hurt dead dead niggling injury and I had I had precisely zero players nice I had one player just knocked off the field and just badly hurt so he's, he's back for the next game and I think I've left him with about half a team to play his next game with and my next game in that league is against Goblins so either Ian is gonna just chainsaw my team to death or He's going to run into tackle zones and then just run away and wiggle his fingers and stick his tongue out as he runs away with goblins. The problem is, I use his chainsaw does jack shit. It's his lineman that you've got to watch out for. Well, it, it can't be any worse than my chainsaws because mine all have a thing for leaving the pitch by the very latest the end of the bottom of the second turn so i no longer employ chainsaws whether it's a free chainsaw from an event whether it's helmet wolf whether it's a goblin chainsaw they all seem to disappear by the bottom of turn two i won't be taking any more chainsaws myself did something touch you in the wrong place on the last game you had then every time i've taken a chainsaw it's gone badly so yeah i don't bother anymore when i'm moving a chainsaw player my dice suddenly go we only have ones but then when it comes to injuries Dead. Gone. Blood smear on the pitch. You were describing my armour rolls you were. It's like, oh, do I break your armour? Double one. I can't roll higher than a, was it? I think I played two games and I couldn't roll higher than a seven. Your dice will change. You'll have that game where your opposition will just die. Most likely, it'll be next time we play. But now, coming on to my second game that I won on the bounce was Chaos Dwarfs Online in the Squad Chaos Fumble League. I managed to win that one 2-0 with Chaos Dwarfs. I played against... What did I play against? I played against... I played against Underworld, which I have typically had absolutely awful games against. Eric, is it? No, my first game against Eric in the online league was against his Blackhawks, and I drew one all. But then, yeah, my, my second game was against Zach Rutter's Underworld, who I beat 2-0, and to be fair, his dice were absolutely awful, even down to things like swarming. He'd roll ones. You know, he's, he's, got, oh, he's, he's got Underworld Snotlin. It's, it's a three-up. It's a two-up to dodge out. Roll a one. Use dodge. Rolls another one. Oh. Yeah, it was the entire game. And it's just one of them games where you sit there and think, you, you're just watching them scramble to get a defence somewhere in the line to stop a score, 
which is usually me having to try to do that. How do you feel watching it from another place then, Matt? Watching it from the other side, you feel a bit bad. I mean, don't get me wrong, you're, you're happy to get a win when you've seen nothing but losses for so long. But no, I think for me, it's it's no fun to watch from the other side. Up until two hours ago, I was top of that division after two games. I'm now second. Ooh, a hell of a draw. If I somehow manage to be in the top nine out of ten after nine rounds of Blood Bowl, I'll be over the moon with that, given what my look's been like recently. So, yeah, then I played earlier this week. I decided to have a shits and giggles game with Mark from Up The Club, also known as Not Slim Shady. And he played Blackhawks and I played Goblins. And I have not laughed during a game of Blood Bowl as much ever. To a point of by turn four, I had four players on the pitch. Turn six, I had two players on the pitch, one being a troll and one being a goblin. And there not really being much that I could do at this point, I decided that troll's going to pick up that goblin and just use him as a missile. The troll, however, had different ideas and decided he'd not been fed before the game and just promptly ate the goblin. You only had one player left. One player left by turn six, and somehow the troll stayed on the pitch until turn eight, at which point it was only one nil down. I was fully expecting to lose that 4-0. Uh, second half, most of my KOs, I would say 7 out of 9 KOs came back, so I was quite lucky to have anything to play with in the second half. And I did have a chance at getting through some goblin dodge bullshit, got me within scoring range, and then my opposition mark doing some equally goblin bullshit to defend and blitz me off the pitch and then the ball scattered towards me rather than towards his end and he ran away and scored again but like I say I have not laughed in a game of Blood Bowl like that ever and that, that was it, w- it was a really good game so much so that I'm debating just taking goblins to thread just so I can sit and laugh all weekend talking about the goblins for thread there's been a bit of movement with our Willie Miniatures orders now haven't there there has indeed the the pledge manager dropped so you and I had the emails probably within about 25 minutes of each other and we were on it like a tramp on chips so our pledge managers were in first night so our orders are in so we're now both camping behind our front doors hoping that the postman will be uh, arriving with a package from Willie Miniatures for us each soon yeah well if it turns up in enough time I think I'm going to take Goblins to Thread just, just because it's a weekend away where we get to socialise and don't have to worry about anything so it's shits and giggles all weekend when it comes to us oh by the way we have got our thread tickets as well they went live they were sold within 72 hours we are going to be going and tier 3 is going to be on tour yet again tour in the bottom tables in Swindon tier 3 on tour with our trusty kettle again that is us saying bring a mug we'll have tea we'll have coffee bring your own milk but we'll have tea we'll have coffee we'll have sugar and if it's anything like last time we'll be there 10 o'clock Saturday evening, all sat around the stove, having a brew rather than getting pissed. So that is an open invite to anybody going to Thread. I still don't understand how we ended up sat around having a cup of tea in the middle of a piss-up session, mind, but... So, talking of Thread and goblins and, and getting games in, how have your games been recently? Oh, well, well, well. Before you start, let me get my violin out and start playing a sorrowful tune while Jay tells you a story of woe. Well, it's, it's not that bad, actually. It's probably been the better, was it, two weeks since the since we last recorded? Three weeks? Yep, three weeks. Yeah, it's probably been the better couple of games I've had. I've had two games when it comes to our Yobble League. First one was against Amazons, and I won, mostly because my opponent didn't turn up for two weeks. So that was, that's just like an automatic win. But, you know, I'll take a win whenever I can. 
Uh, it was a very hard-fought victory. Tide could have turned at any moment. Oh. A lot of tactical decisions went on in that. Dice back and forth. Yeah, I know. It was like my ears were bleeding just by the pressure in my in my skull because I'm just having a thing. In all honesty, Porter couldn't make it. He had two weeks, and uh, Lee had to move on. So I had to take the win on that one. But in all fairness, taking the piss. Nobody wants to win on a technicality, do they? They don't, but when it comes to a league, that's points on the board. Yes, it's my first points on the board because I lost my first game. And then I played who? Manic Mechanic. I think he's only played a handful of 2020 games now. He had Chaos Chosen, which I believe you've already played him. I've already played Hugh in the league, yeah, and lost. Oh, it was, it was a draw for me against him, but mostly because first half, his dice rolling was equally as bad as mine. Second half... I would say halfway through the second half. Yeah, his dice were doing a lot better than mine. It was getting getting to a point of where you would just go, well, how the fuck are you with dice not getting any better? Well, usually I don't have very good dice. Yeah, it was it was a good game. Draw, I'm happy with that. Still points on the board, like we said. So I got Norse coming up next. And I believe that's with the snare himself i'd be happy to walk away with the draw on this one because yeah it's norse norse do have a tendency of exploding but he's a really good player that's gonna counteract that but we have missed one thing of games played but is that a cardiff cup by any chance we haven't spoken cardiff cup do you want to say about what team you took and how you got on so i took my new favorite Grebo Chaos Dwarfs team. I took two Bull Centaurs, six Dwarfs, four Hobgoblins, and just to make life easy for myself, with the skills, I gave both Centaurs block, and I gave five Chaos Guard, because I'm that guy. It didn't turn out that way, however. My first game was against Tankface and his Chaos. I drew that one 1-0, being 1-0 down at half time. My second game was against that other Asian guy and his Undead. I was 1-0 up at half time, and managed to draw this one 1-0. We're sensing a theme here. Game 3 was against Southern Slayer, who I think made his way up from Devon with his Underworld. And I lost that one 2-0. Dice just decided to roll 4s on everything. Game 4, I played Squad Chaos's 12th man and his Nobility. I was 1-0 up at half-time and managed to draw one all again. So I came away with 3 draws and a loss. But I had a lot of good fun in the games I played. I took Firebelly and the most it did was precisely one stun in 3 of the 4 games and fuck all in the other. So it didn't have the same effect as when I've taken Firebelly? It did not. It did not. I will say however against Nobility I didn't use a reroll until turn 10. I had used all 3 by the end of turn 11. That's how badly that turn went. Yeah, but it was what it was. We had a good laugh, and that was run by our mate 20 Phoenix. If you can make Cardiff Cup in future, I would suggest it because it's a good event. Yes, we will be attending again. We will. How did you get on? I took my Demons... Well, I say Demons of Corn. That's how they had to be put up on the NAF. But it was my Corn team, which was a Bloodspawn, four Seekers, four Dogs, and I believe it was three Blademen. Most of my team had Block, when really I could have probably put Pro on my uh, Bloodspawn. But he kind of behaved himself. He behaved himself. He didn't really fuck up that much. First game was against Andrew Ashton. And I won 1-0. Second game was against Chaos Chosen. That were a 3D printed team of goat bunny things. It was uh, it was very weird. Where I had to try and work out what player was what. So that was game 2. And that was a 1-0 win. I was doing well at this point. Then it all comes crumbling down. I met Jay Wood. 
yet again at a tournament. He had Imperial Nobility and I had no way of uh, keeping him at bay because he had had a few good rolls where I had Bloodseekers off the table from the first half and that never came back on. And yeah, he was overlapping my team. There was nothing I could do. That was a 2-0 loss and then the agonising game where I, I'm going to talk about it as this. It was it was game hard to sit through it. I played CT's Orcs. He won 3-0. Dude, it was brutal. Every time he touched a player, it was dead. I didn't have anybody in the in the locker box. They were in the fucking morgue. It was a hard game. I think by the end of the second half, I might have had about a Bloodspawn, a Seeker and two dogs. I just had the shit kicked out of me for the whole game. Proper, I could not roll anything. It was like, I think two guys died from me rolling two skulls re-rolling into another skull and that happened to me quite a lot i had i had that game where i was never coming off the back foot i was losing players left right and center and the team just crumbled i would say they crumbled worse than the friggin norse team because like at least then you could put up a fight with all the block but i just nothing i could do so i think I finished 13th. I think that's my highest tournament positioning at the moment. So I'm happy with that. I had a 50-50 day. It was uh, some really good points and then I had some really bad results. I have it always, can we, bet? We can't, but like you say, it was a 50-50 day. You know, you, you picked up a couple of wins and a couple of losses. That's how we, we learned, don't we? It was uh, a few points in those games where I learned perhaps my positioning wasn't great, but I don't know about it. It's like, can you really learn from dice turning on you, though? No. If, if dice don't allow you to do anything there isn't a lot you can do you know if your opponent rolls all pows all armor breaks and all deads and you only manage to roll i don't know all skulls and every time you do put anything down double one up to four do you know what i mean you, yeah you're not going to be able to do anything you know even down to if you can't pick up the ball you can't win but yeah it was what it was but it, that was a good event that was down at firestone games we got to see the new venue in action the shiny new shop talking about the uh, firestone games now we're going to talk coop and dry have we had any new sponsors that we could talk about we've had printed players i don't think we've had any new ones since i'm and we're still working on a couple at the minute we will be getting the, the finishing touches for the goodie bags coming in soon yep beard and his four inch emotion brush will be uh working for everyone before the yes. event i think we've got enough lined up now it's just we've got to get a couple of finishing touches in place where we need to start chasing our people to pay at the moment as well we've got a reserve list that's growing so we might be able to see about up in the attendance because we don't want people to miss out if we can help it so be with us we're trying to work that out as well absolutely and i do have an announcement regarding the tier three podcast staffing team for the day as well my missus joe has volunteered her services for the day to help out so please go nice on her what she knows about blood bowl rules she could write on a postage stamp but she's offered to come down arrange cups of tea hand out scorecards all that sort of thing so that me and jay can to make sure people are where they're supposed to be that sort of thing make sure they'll be tea or was to make sure that I have a fucking drink of tea but so let's say just go nice on her she's there to help out I'm sure everyone's going to be nice it's not like the 40k crowd that don't know what a woman look like it's like most of the uh, the blood bowl crowd is a very refined gentleman exactly they know how to talk to uh, people we're not uh, the socially awkward plebs that play uh, the other games speak for yourself I will speak for myself I ain't socially awkward I play blood bowl <laughs> But no, we, we do look forward to seeing everybody at, at, at the event. And uh, we we may well still be working on things up until the day. So yes. we might have a few things unannounced. You've pushed back the deadline for the for the teams as well, haven't you? 
Yes, so I pushed back the deadline for submitting your rosters because when I first put the rule pack together, I did initially ask everybody to send them in by April because I didn't realise how much work would potentially need to go into it. However, I've pushed that back now because I know a lot of people like to have a bit of time to pick their rosters. Some people leave it till the night before. So I've changed roster submission to June 30th, so a month before the event date. I think we played it very cautiously, didn't we, at the beginning? Because this is our first event and we wanted to make sure that we had everything in place. But we've kind of gone ahead of ourselves and things have worked out pretty well for us. So we, we can be a little bit slacker on our behalf. I think we've covered everything except hobby a bit, so I think for the first time possibly this year, we've got a bit of Kickstarter Corner going on. So, Kickstarter Corner then. We've actually got a few things to do this time. Off you go. Some rather tasty projects. So the first one that I've found is a Savannah team, Raw First, Block Hard, and this is brought to you by Galado's 3D printed models. And this is a 3D printed Savannah animal team. When I say Savannah team, you're talking elephant big guy, rhino big guys, you're talking two two hippos, you're talking monkeys as little guys. For me, this has all the markings of running as a black oak team, or possibly Nurgle or Corn, something where you've got one big guy, four strength fours, and a load of linemen. And with this, you're talking 62 quid or 73 euros for the base team and that gets you the oliphant big guy four rhino dudes as they call them two bully hippos six chimpanzee monkeys and two baboon runners so you have a mix of players in there there's lots of extras as well stretch goals with the stretch goals then they've already unlocked two balls they've unlocked a monkey turn marker we've got another rhino dude prone and stunned big guy markers because they're always useful a sixth rhino dudes if you want all your rhino blackhawks to look like rhinos there's reroll tokens there's a kong star player there's a lion coach there is and i think you'll like these limon and zumba player pack there's some gazelles as your cheerleaders you can obviously buy all these individually as well and then they've, they've added some extras as well various positions tree men a creek version the incredible bulk a mino so you really can run these as any t- as any sort of team you fancy with what's in the box. What are your thoughts on these, Jay? Honestly, these are probably the few animal models that I actually like. They're better than the cutables from for my taste, like. But yeah, it's I think you do it a bit of a disservice when you just said elephant big guy, hippo big guy, rhino big guy, because like the elephant is like a lot larger than. Everyone else, he is the proper big guy, while everyone else is like slightly bulkier. Oh, yeah. What, what, what I meant by that is, you know, the elephant is an elephant. And then you've got big, chunky rhinos that are in scale with being a rhino. Like, they don't look like... They're mid-card, isn't they? That's what it is. Yeah. But they don't they don't look like their heads are out of scale. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, it looks no. in scale and chunky. Oh, but like you said, to me, it screams Black Oak. I suppose is if you drop the elephant you could make a a good ogre team out of it as another option chaos chosen you could run it as lizards chaos chosen works uh, lizards work you know there's a few things you could do with it so you're not you're not restricted to like one team is if you invest in this you've got a good few choices out of it and the scalps they look really well done so I would like to see these in hand. I'm probably not going to go for this 
starter because of you know there's a few things in the hobby section I'm going to say but yeah I've invested in a few teams which means I've got a lot of painting to do otherwise I would have picked these up these are really nice I will say check these out I am debating dropping some money on these so I've got something a little bit different next you're probably sick of dice tower so you'd be pleased to hear it's not a dice tower this is fantasy football <laughs> this is fantasy football cheerleader teams so these are cheerleaders for vampires undead and dwarfs so there are three poses for each vampires undead and dwarfs and they are exactly what they say they are they are cheerleaders and they're about nine euros which isn't much they're stl so you can print them yourself if you pay the 40 euros you get dwarf cheerleaders vampire cheerleaders chaos cheerleaders dark elf high elf and half elf cheerleaders so you get them all 150 euros you get the print rights to the dwarf and vampires 300 euros you get the print rights to everything and that includes their the chaos the dark elves and these are just something to have on the sidelines as a bit of an extra for painting what do you think to those i think they're all right if you want a little side project I, I, I don't think you've got to invest in these models to feel like you've got a complete team but if you like your support staff go for it but one thing i will say looking at these pictures do the one that the vampire that's on her knees yep have you seen the close-up of her face i have it's not it's not the best one she looks she looks kind of spaced out a bit it kind of looks like martin mccutcheon from the 90s spaced out on weed it's you know, it's a very, it's, it's a very interesting face on this one. Like, but yeah, the nice sculpts and you know, I think I like the one that I'm most impressed with is the the chaos cheerleaders. I think they were out a couple of months ago. Yeah, like not as a a printable one, but they were like teams that you could order, not team cheerleaders that you could order. But no, I'm really impressed with them. I think yeah, all of them are really good standard but those ones stand out the most. But I'm not really big on filling my side of the pitch with extra models. Like, I suppose if you wanted to, you could use them not just as cheerleaders, but they're like reroll markers. But yeah, if that's for you, go for it. Enjoy. Absolutely. Like you said, I'm not one for having extra models on the side of the pitch because by the time you've got tokens and dice and somebody fills your KO box and so on you might not have the room for them but like you said there's something if you fancy a nice little side project it's not much to drop on that leads me on to our final team and this is a team from succubus studios which we'll be having a little bit more of a chat about them after we've reviewed the team because we've got some news about them and this is their sylvans team so they're wood elves and i really like these these are one of the few female teams that you see that aren't just wearing booby armor and that's it. They're not just scantily clad for the sake of being scantily clad. The renders on these look really dynamic. There is everything you would expect for a Wood Elf's team. So base team comes with two throwers, seven linos, two war dancers, four catchers. But you can then upgrade the team for 10 quid. And you get the tree man as well, which aside from the face... I really like this tree man. The face, for me, reminds me of Korg from uh, Love and Thunder. But he does look a strength six tree. He looks like he'd do some damage in comparison to the regular lineman. And they've actually put a scale size up to his shoulder. He's 60 mil, whereas the, the linemen are only 32 mil high. So it gives you an idea of scale. And I really like these. They've rendered them in what you'd expect to be traditional wood elf colours. So 
greens, yellows, reds and browns. And with this, there's quite a few stretch goals already unlocked. So if you were lucky enough to back this in the first 72 hours, you get a nutty squirrel akin to the line of acorn. You get some Succubus Studios dice. There is a little sprite ball marker. There is a counter. Then there's a tree man counter for prone and stunned. You've got a wood elf referee. That's all unlocked. To come, they have a sorceress and a coach if they get that far. And I do really, really like these models. If I hadn't already seen the Savannah team, I'd be all over these like a tramp on chips. What do you think to them, Jay? Uh, honestly, I think they're really good design. I, I don't understand why the one lady has got her boot high up in the air. Like she's trying to do a pole dance, but... Yeah, that's just something different, isn't it? So she's either really shit at kicking or she's trying to catch everything with her foot. But they look a good design. They're not, like you said, scantily clad or, you know, oh, it's a female team, we've got to get the tits out type thing. It's really good. So I can't wait to see how people would paint, paint these because it looks like there's a lot of, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say bare surfaces because that takes away from the actual design, but there's like a lot of like trouser and awful body outfit areas which you could do a lot of free hand on so yeah i like them they're really good if i didn't have a wood elf team i probably would pick these up myself but i got one already and it's fully painted so other than just not wanting to be a twat i should really play them but <laughs> but no, i i prefer these to the gw sculpts personally oh yeah i really do yeah but I had the GW ones because somebody started in our league, played one game, and then decided it wasn't for them. So sold the team. So one man's treasure, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure and all our jars, like, you know, so... Absolutely. I invested, I got a team out of it, so can't complain. But, yeah, if I didn't have them, I'd, I'd jump on these. Talking of Succubus Studios, we have managed to get our grubby mitts on a team as a prize for our event as well. Yes. We won't give away what team it is. You'll have to come to the event and win them. But we have a team and we've seen what the Succubus Studio models are like and they are really nice models. Oh, yeah. I have a bucket list of companies that I want to buy a team from and Succubus Studios are on there. And I think these Wood Elves have just gone straight to the top of that list, to be honest. Yeah. they they got some really good teams. Like, don't get me wrong, some of them are not... Uh, child-friendly. I think they got a succubus team, which I think is like the most risky one. Or risque. Most risque. But, oh, and i got to be honest, i got to say thank you to Succubus Studios for, you know, handing out a prize. We will talk more about it on future updates, but, yeah, we reached out to them and they were, like, one of the first to get back to us and say they wanted to help the community. So... I can't fault them for that. They've got good customer services from when I've talked to people. Yeah, they they are they want to do a lot more for the community. So between that, good models, very well priced models, I should say as well. I can't fault Sucker Studios, and I I feel that they don't get enough spotlight for the quality they put out. Yeah, if people got the time, head on over to Sucker Studios on Facebook. They've also got their own website. Just check out the models. They are really well done. That I would agree with. And I'm not just saying that because 
you know, they we are partnering with them for the thing. They are really good because I I don't bullshit. My my whole thing is I tell people straight, and I wouldn't want to tell somebody that you know these are good models when they're not. So the, I, if I say they're good models, it's because I believe they are a really good product. And that's the end of my uh, little speech. Oh, cool. I think that's absolutely fair. So that about covers Kickstarter Corner for this month. If you spot any projects you want us to talk about, or if you're aware of any coming up, or if you have your own project you're about to launch on Kickstarter, because I know people are out there that do, drop us a message and we'll happily have a chat on here. We'll tell you what we think. As you've seen, you know, we, we, we talk about everything that comes with it, your price points. So yeah, let us know if there's anything you'd like us to review. If there's anything you want us to stop reviewing, or there's anything you want me to talk about more. Or Dice Towers. Dice Towers. So we'll leave that there for Kickstarter Corner, and we will we'll move on to the main event, shall we? Yes, so what we're going to do before we go into the main event, Beard, can you tell everybody how they can get in contact with us? Absolutely. So there's a few ways you can get in contact with us. If you still understand Semaphore, or you have a Morse code machine. Uh, no, I'm joking. Tier3podcast at outlook.com is our email address for various things. You can find us on Facebook, Tier3Podcast. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram, Tier3Podcast. Drop us a message if there's anything you want to chat to us about, if there's anything you like, anything we can improve on painting-wise, just give us a shout. Yes, and also we have a Discord page, which, granted, we've got to be more involved in Beard because we both fall down on certain days. Yeah, we've got to be more involved and... There's small community there already, but they are a very chatty bunch and they're willing to like talk tips, painting ideas. And on top of that, another selling point of having a link to our Discord page, you get direct access to printable players. Absolutely. What more can you want? And because you're going through our channel, you get a discount as well. So what more can anybody want? The answer is no, that's it. That's everything everybody wants. So... What we're going to do now is we're going to go to a break and then we are going to come back with, what did we say today was? We're going to talk big guys, wouldn't it be, Ed? Big guy rumble. Mm, find out more. See you in a bit. Hello, my friends. My name is Dan Kirby. I have a very easy to follow and very chilled out painted channel on YouTube where I paint miniatures of all different shapes and sizes. I paint miniatures from all different types of board games, and by using simple tips, tricks and techniques, it couldn't be easier to follow along. If you enjoy a relaxed painting atmosphere, then please check it out. Right then guys, time for the main event of uh, this episode, which is, we're talking big guys. And as you know, being beard, we love a bit of a big guy on our team when we can afford him. So far, I think, well, we've been doing this for nearly two years now. And we've come across a few big guys. So I thought, what would be cool is if we could see, so far, what has been our favourite big guys. And we th I thought, let's limit it ourselves. It's got to be the top five. So what do we see as either most bang for your buck or most useful? any type of reason but it's got to have a good reason for it to be in your top five yeah i think that's fair i think you've had a good long arch uh think about this one i have i uh nearly bonehead nearly boneheaded for about 20 minutes on these shall we shall we make a start we shall get straight in on it let's so, get ready to rumble 
Sad, pathetic motherfucker. <laughs> right. Let's start at the bottom. Is it top five? What did you say was number five in your list of big guys? So number five for me is the Rat Ogre. And I, for me, it's a fact that it adds strength to a low-strength team. Um, with Skaven, more often than not, when I've played against them, either online or on a tabletop, I can get rid of your Linos and your Blitzers. It's a little fucking gutter runners and strength twos that I can't get rid of. If there isn't a Rat Ogre, if you're playing a team with Block or you have a couple of strength four guys, you sat there thinking, well, actually, I'm not really going to be out strength so much in this. Whereas the Rat Ogre brings that strength to the team. And I think it, it makes more of a threat in that sense of like, do you commit to that? You can basically use it as a big, big distraction. You know, forcing your opponent to either commit to take out the Rat Ogre or if you're not going to commit to the Rat Ogre, you go after everything else and the Rat Ogre can just run rampant then if it decides to play ball. It's animal savagery is a is a big thing with this guy, isn't it? Because we would see him, say, on an Underworlds. You could always pay him up with uh, Snotlings. So if he goes mad and he wants to slap someone, he bitch slaps a Snotling, it's not so bad. Yeah. But on a Skaven team, I think he's a little bit more unforgiving, really, because... Yeah, you you mostly guys like mid strength, strength three. But if you lose one of them, you start getting bullied a bit more. Exactly, and 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 that's why I just run the rat ogre on its own. I wouldn't commit models by the side of it. If it behaves, I'd be tempted to leave it where it is because of prehensile tail. If the if if you've formed a, a screen and the rat ogre's slap bang in the middle of that, prehensile tail's making it harder to dodge through to get to things. That's that's my thinking with it. I guess I better start with uh, my number five then. And my number five is something we haven't long spoken about. And that is the Yeti. And I like the Yeti because for a big guy, disturbing presence is really key, I would say. It's probably better than what most people would think. Is because in, say, a game where your team have exploded and... They're getting a bit confident now. A bit cocky. Oh, perhaps we could take out his Yeti. And they, got, and they start committing two or three players. As soon as one of them turns around and goes, says, oh, well, I'm going to blitz him. They've got to roll that disturbing presence. Could could cock him up. On top of that, unchanneled fury is not as bad as what people think. I'm sure people used to think of that as the same as animal savagery at one point. But you don't lose your uh, your tackle zones. You just, you just stop. And just, I don't know, fiercely wank. Like I said, you're not losing tackle zones. You've still got a part to play because, like, sometimes if you have boneheads or really stupids, everything's lost. And there's, and you can't use the skills. But, and John Fury, it doesn't matter. On top of that, he's strength five, so he's got a good, a good high strength. He's got a very low armor, but claws, I think, is a good trade off because. If you can knock someone down, you don't have to worry about their armor. If you're better than better rolling than I am, you can get that eight eight plus quite e- quite easily. Well, it's much easier than rolling tens and elevens anyway. So I think he is probably better than what some people give him credit for. I I agree. I funny if I've got the Yeti as my number four for the same reasons. Disturbing presence on a big guy 
most of the time, if you're going up against a big guy, unless you're going to throw your own big guy at it, you have to commit a couple of players. And by the time you've moved a couple in, then you've announced your blitz. Oh, look, you get set, then disturbing presence hits. It's like, balls. Now I have a strength three guy, plus maybe two or three other guys, base contact with him that didn't hit him, and I've now wasted my blitz. You know, you can literally sit there with your Yeti and go, okay, well, I'm not going to activate him next turn, so he's not going to go and go absolutely ballistic through Unchannel Fury. He's just going to stand there and go, ha-ha, I've now tied up three of your players. You know, and then if you get guard on him, oh, look, he can just stand there, and if you've already put base... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that disturbing presence, like you say, especially on a big guy. It's the same with the Rot Spawn. Disturbing presence on a big guy where you have to commit players. Even if you're going big guy to big guy, most big guys' average strength is a five. Bar a couple, bar bar two. So you know you're gonna have to add something else to it. So you commit one, then you go in for your blitz. Oh, I can't blitz. Balls. There's, there's your blitz gone, and it's stuck. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, like if you're playing a team that doesn't have a big guy, say like, I know Amazons. They they not they got any big guys, but say they've got to commit, like you said, three players, just just to get equal strength. Fourth would probably come in for a blitz. Well, if that one doesn't come in. They got two guys, they got two or three guys touching. What's that? That's just one dice. So so it doesn't really stop your game. It can it can be really useful, but then like as soon as you chuck a bit of block on them, that's kind of disgusting. Like you said, guard can be disgusting on them. There's a lot you can do. Like don't get me wrong, block you'd have to you'd have to commit a secondary as we've said. Brawler is block light, especially when you can just roll one dice. That's not in your favor. You're laughing and. Like, I love Brawler. I, I've had a year away that saved my ass no ends of times. Yeah, I would happily check it on this guy. I will say this. A lot of people, when Blood Bowl 2020 drop, oh, Brawler's crap. Like you said, you've had a year of playing it, so you've not just played one game where it's either not impacted or not been useful. You've played a year of it, so you've had those games where it's not been as useful, but you've had those games where, like you said, it saved your ass every turn. You know, so you, mm. you, you have that experience of, properly knowing what brawler can do and i i have to agree having seen it firsthand it's a lot more useful than people give it credit for like don't get me wrong i still feel because only saying this because we've talked about it before iron art skin i think that that is a everyone thinks oh that's great because i can go up against guard and all this type of thing and you're just like mm, is it really that is it really that useful mm. you said that was your number four that was my number four, the Yeti, yeah. So cover the Yeti, so what's your number four? Something else that has got uh, unchanneled fury, flaws, that is the blood spawn. And I know a couple of episodes ago I turned around and said, I don't like the blood spawn, it's overpriced, it's kind of shit, there's going to be things out there much better than it. And I think, yeah, there's probably a lot of other big guys that are better than it, but it's fun because, again... Claws, Frenzy, and Channel Fury, and the fact that this motherfucker can just stop doing shit. Yeah, he's a bit better because he's got access to mutations. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot of fun. I've used him quite a few times now. He's actually pretty good, and he's exactly what the team needs. And when you've been to a few games where you've used him, and then you take him out because of restrictions for a league, you miss him loads because you kind of use him like a bit of a linchpin then. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a very interesting one. I take back my original comment on this boy. Well, there you go. You've seen him in action. I think for me, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I haven't got the Bloodspawn in my top five. He's in my bottom five. 
I I think there's worse ones out there. He's a bit more fun than most. Like I would prefer to take him than say a Croxago or something like that, or I don't know an enslaved Minotaur on a on a Chaos Dwarf team. But it's a bit of fun. He, he is quite an interesting character. Just one thing I wish is that he would come down because he's kind of built the same as a Yeti, but he's a bit more expensive. They 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 priced him wrong. Really, I hope there's a FAQ where they change his price. And that's it. My turn. My was it my pick three? Yep. Because we've oh no, my pick four. So we're going to pick three now. So that's your pick three. So my pick three is the tree man. Uh, I think, I think he's very cheap for what he does. I think the fact that you can take two of them in a team. I think the fact that they are strength six. So not so much in this edition, but certainly last edition, getting them to strength seven was much easier. Which that was absolutely mental when it, that was the case you know, I think that was it, if you put block and multi-block on them at strength 7 they were absolutely nuts I think for what they, they bring to a halfling team so if you are a halfling player and you are down a tree man a lot of halfling players see their team as dead as soon as one tree man's down because they struggle to compete I know they're slow and I know rooted is an issue but even when they root you know, there's a way around that if, if they get knocked down and they stand back up rooted disappears the throw teammate is really useful. Strong arm helping with that. Um, the fact that they're now... I know they're not as useful in an all-world alliance team, but still, they're available now for all-world alliance. And they've got no passing access on a Woody's team, which makes sense. But I just think for what they do for 120k compared to other big guys, the amount they bring to a halfling team, they make a halfling team much more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Halflings, they are essential, and then... Like we said, toward essential. I think a lot of people learn early on that you've got to run away from a tree man if you can and stay away. But yeah, they they're quite devastated until they rooted. Yeah. You pointed out before, didn't you? Is if you stick pile driver on there, it's a way of taking them down and get rid of the rooted. But you need yeah. to like commit people then to get them back up. Yeah. So there is a bit of a trade off, but at least he's not out of the way for was it a drive or a half then it depending on how long the opponent is dragging it out exactly yeah like i say i just think cost wise compared to what they bring to the team they bring a lot more to the team as a big guy than other big guys do on other teams yeah but then that could be because of the rest of the team though it's yeah but that's let's say you think of what the rest of the team makeup is what they bring say you compare that to, say, an ogre on a humans team or a mino on a chaos team where they already have strength four, strength three everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, it makes the team A, more viable and in, in terms of strength and blocks thrown, but it also means that, you know, you have a secondary tactic on scoring. Yeah, yeah. I I know what you that, but yeah. So what's your uh, what's your number three? Well, my number three is the Minotaur for Chaos Chosen and Chaos Renegade. Like I said, I prefer this version to the Chaos Dwarf one, which is the Enslaved Minotaur. He's a strength five and he's on a slow team, so you know he's going to be part of a driving force going forward. Yeah, again, he's got Unchanneled Fury, he's got Frenzy, he's got Mighty Blow, but Thick Skull is a bit of a saver for him and horns so if you're going to throw him 
after another big guy, do it on a blitz, because then he got turned into a strength six. You know, there's not many people that are strength six in the game. Yeah, I I think he is he is really useful on that team. I would have liked to have seen the Bloodspawn more this costing, perhaps. Because it's funny how they're similar, but the Minotaur's cheaper and a little bit better. I feel if you could have had like a corn Minotaur, yeah, okay, I would have picked that up rather than a Bloodspawn. He's very useful if you, like you said, you chuck prehensile tail on him if you can, tentacles on him or something, so he's a bit more holding on to players or getting in their way so he can thump them. You you can put um, a lot of strength skills on him to make him a bit more bash, but yeah, he's a, he's a dangerous guy, but, and I think that's the last guy I'm going to announce that's got Unchanneled Fury as well. <laughs> it sounds like you like Unchanneled Fury. I think Unchanneled Fury had a very bad rep at the beginning of 2020. Not as bad as what people think. And I would rather have this skill that if it doesn't go off, the guy is still... He's still got a tackle zone, so you've got to be aware of him. It's not like you can go, oh, look, the guy's got no longer a tackle zone. I've got a movement eight or whatever, so I can run through him, past him, down the pitch or whatever, like, you know. Yeah. So do you want to say what number two is for you, bud? So number two for me is your bog standard ogre. I just I just think for what he does for humans, nobility, or worldwide. So this isn't the ogre from the ogres team. This is purely just the ogre that is accessible to your your humans or world alliance and nobility. Bonehead is what it is. You know we've all had boneheads happen. The mighty blow plus one throw teammates on old world alliance and humans teams where humans now have access to flings it brings them a second scoring threat you know humans were always your best starter team that could manage a bit of everything it adds another way for humans to work so if you're picking up humans as a starter team it just makes them do something else that you can learn through the ogre i think 140k is very very fairly priced with strength and agility access you know we've we've talked ogres and what we'd add to them i think he's just the rounded big guy when you look at his stats armor what he costs i think he is absolutely bang on the money at 140k he's one of the few big guys that certainly in a humans team is one of the few big guys that you would sit there and go yeah i would take that yeah yeah and he's one of the ones you would take as soon as possible yeah Funny enough, I'm going to jump in by it because he's also my number two because I would have put him as number one because he's a little bit better when it comes to throwing teammates and some. He only got that one mega trait that can be in your way. But Thick Skull, Mighty Blow, he's Strength 5, Movement 5, so he stays around the rest of the team. He's really useful, but it's that price tag, see, that's stopped him being my number one. I think that's absolutely fair. But no, he's great. I probably can guess what our, our number one is. I have a feeling we've both gone the same route, I think. Well, means that you've spoken our number two then. I'm going to state my number one and see if it's in line with yours. My number one is the train troll. God, I could have put money on that. I've gone for the train troll as well. Train troll from the goblins and the black orcs I think is brilliant. The untrained troll from Orcs, for some reason, when you compare them, I just, I went, right, that's dog shit. Really, because, like, he's not as effective. And I think on Orcs, especially if you can afford more of the big guns, he's not needed. But on a goblin team, they're a must, as, like, you're saying about Treeman for halflings. 
bought Black Oaks. Yeah, they're a strong team, but they've got a lot of squishy players as well. Like you've said before, you've tried them. Yeah, you've got a lot of strong players, but as soon as those squishy players go, you're outnumbered. Yeah. There's no harm in having another strong guy backing about. And with this guy now, he's probably one of the cheaper big guys, probably the cheapest. Would you agree? I would completely agree. At 115k, uh, the only thing that comes close is a Treeman or the untrained trot. The pump wagon is 10k cheaper, but he's not in my top five. No, he's a secret weapon, isn't he? Yeah. Secret weapons, I, I wouldn't have put in top five. Yeah, I mean, the train train troll and untrained troll, the only difference, Lona 3+, plus, Lona 4+, plus, but they're exactly the same price. Oh, no, but that 3+, plus makes a hell of a lot of difference. Oh, it does. See, it's a it does. world of difference when you've got to roll that. They're fun as well because that projector vomit, have you managed to use that yet? I think I've used it once and vomited down myself. Do you know what? I think out of a whole year, I think I used it three times and it it was effective once, right? And that was only because I think I went up against a goblin team and then I just went, I just do what fuck it. I'm not going to get anything extra out of this. I'm just going to puke on the motherfucker. And it actually worked. Yeah, they, they're fun. Yeah, granted, that always hungry role can be a bit of a bitch especially if you just got past you really stupid and you you haven't got any extra re-rolls can be a bitch you found that out the hard way yeah yeah it's, these are one of the guys as soon as as soon as you can get points on him i would say i would save up the points to get secondary just to get pro on him so you can bypass the loner have you got anything you want to add to that no, I completely agree. The, th- the Loner 3 Plus is the only big guy with Loner 3 Plus. Everybody else is yeah. a minimum of a 4, buying a Death Roller, which is a 5. And like you say, that does make all the difference. If you say it's somebody roll a 4 up, 50% of the time it works 10% of the time. If you're asked to roll a 3 up, you'll sit there and think, oh, I've got more chance of this. Do you know what I mean? And you, you're right. You know, adding pro to it means you know, you're not taking re-rolls from elsewhere. It, it just seems to add more to the teams that need a trained troll than the untrained troll does to orcs, if that makes sense. One thing I was going to say, when I was looking at this list, anything that was secret weapon, I kept away from. I didn't even want to put that in the top five because I feel price you're paying for a big guy. Uh, secret weapons are really counterproductive. Like, don't get me wrong, snotlings, you put them on there for a bit of fun, but you want to get your trolls on there because they're the ones that are going to be more reliable. If you've got a dwarf team, say, and somehow you can afford a death roller, why the fuck would you want it gone within one drive? Because you're not just paying for a death roller, you've got to pay for a bribe to try and keep it on. It really negates half your team. So you basically have that, a bribe, a re-roll, and then the rest of your team alignment. Granted, it's probably safer to do mostly linemen dwarfs because of block and tackle, but you're not getting any flavour. Because as soon as the one drive's over, you've lost your big guy. And then you're all move four. Yeah. Secret weapon big guys, I, I don't put a lot of faith in. Because I don't see the point in them. But there are some people out there that I think they are the dog's bollocks. And just to recap here, what were your top five again? So for me, five to one, it was Ye- uh, the Rat Ogre, the Yeti, Treeman, the Ogre, and then Train Troll number one. Yes, yeah, so and mine was the Yeti, the Bloodspawn, the Minotaur, the Ogre, and the Train Troll. If you agree, or if you disagree, get in contact with the podcast, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Discord, or whether it's by email. Give us your list, see what we might have overlooked, and see if you've got a better reasoning for those players. Perhaps our lists are shit, and you just want to tell us that. But yeah, get in contact, guys. So, 
But yeah, I think we've had a bit of fun this this episode, talking big guys. We have. What I'm going to do then, I'm going to play some music or an advert. We'll see what I fancy. And then we're going to go to the end of the show. And she said to me, you're not putting it in there. I'm not a halfling. <laughs> oh, hello. Blood Bowl Grud here. When I'm eating a McMurty's burger, the thing I like to do is listen to the Tier 3 podcast. Great advice. Great lads. Hey, yo. Right, and that's the end of the show, guys. We have had a good time, I think, talking big guys. It's a load of fun that was, talking about our favourite. And if you don't agree with us, please get in contact with us and tell us your opinion so we can talk about it on the show. But, Misas, this is going to be our, our sending off into the great blue. Beard, how's your hobby going, bud? Not going too bad. I've made a little bit of a start on a Blood Bowl giant, which is likely to probably never see the tabletop. Oh, don't be like that. Apart from maybe a friendly game, but it's no, it's, it's still hobby progress because it's it's either buying something, building something, or slapping paint on something. So it's a start. Well, yeah, but it's, it's going to see the light of day because I would say a giant is probably if you go to a tournament that allows higher team prices and all that and hasn't got a problem with giants and all that he's probably more reliable than a troll he's, he's going to do more damage as well oh he is but it's a case of it was a model from our friend at Printed Players and I just thought you know what I'm in a bit of a painting funk I'll try painting something different so I've dug it down got a couple of base coats on it I've mostly done the base you know if it gets to see a game it gets to see a game if not it don't it's, it's hobby it's time away from real life just worrying about nothing but brush paint and the model other than that i have ordered some new teams i've had a samurai slan team turn up i've got a paint theme for them in mind but they're not they're not exactly top of the list at the minute i've done a couple of dice swaps i've got some new patches for my case i've got another dice swap lined up i've ordered another couple of teams again printed players not that i'm trying to plug them so i've got on the way i have the Mythball Necromantic team. I have on the way. I've got the RN Studios Mythball Amazons and their RN Studios Mythball Reapers as well. So that's three teams on their way to add to my painting pile of shame. It also sounds like you've got a hole in your wallet as well, but hole in my wallet. I think it's literally like four bits of thread in a square shape by now, and I think my bank keep ringing me to say stop spending money. But no, I said I want one of every team and then before I start buying doubles of teams. So I've got a few teams on the way, so I've got choice for teams later on. But other than that, that's kind of it hobby-wise for me. I know you've been up to a few things as well. What have you been up to? I think last time I left off, I said I was starting a Chaos team that I wanted to Cardi Cup. And like we mentioned earlier, I did take them. Uh, so I managed to paint a full roster in just over a week. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not completely finished. There's still jobs on it to do, but it was tabletop ready. So I was quite happy with that. And that, was, that wasn't that was just a couple of big guys, linemen. There was four dogs, a blood spawn, the blood seekers, and then a couple of the linemen. So it was a lot of varied models. So I was happy with that. I can do it when I got the time and the patience and the pressure on me. So I I was like well impressed. But 
since then, I've had a bit of a painting funk. I didn't want to paint straight after the tournament. I was kind of worn out. To be honest, I didn't really want to work my models. But I forced myself to sit down and paint the model. And it's slowly getting me back painting again. Because I painted a few of my crew boys. It's just, I don't know what it is. Every time I get pushed into a corner where i got to paint up until the final night. It's just like, I just want to touch them for ages and... It's like, it's like I got this aversion to them. But yeah, I've painted some Cruel Boys for AOS. I've picked up another load of Bolt Boys as well. So I think I've got about nine, possibly more of them. Because I've had a few good deals with half the starter armies. I've also had my Charlie Victor coin. The one that we were raising money for Extreme with his battle against cancer. So... That's coming through the door, so I can literally have a token to say fuck cancer. So I hope, you know, with all the money raised, he's going to have a good fight against what he's going against. And I wish him all the best. So, and I hope there's been a lot of other people that have had theirs as well now that are helping the, our boy out in the community. But, oh, what else have I done? I ordered myself a few teams because I am an absolute sucker. I've ordered myself an Amazon's team, a Lizardman's team. I've made off with someone's uh, giant as well. So I think I think I was you were one as well, wasn't it? I kind of nicked one of one of you was set. Well, I may have ordered three, and you may have got your hands on one. I'm painting one, and we might have a third giant as a potential prize for something cool at Coop and Drag. See, this is what I mean. We got all sorts of things to give away for prizes. Yeah, but then you paint them, and then they were flushed, then, aren't they? Yeah, but I'm not painting this one. I'm letting people paint it themselves. Ah, good idea. So I got an ogre, not an ogre. I got a giant. See, because because he's bald, I automatically went to ogre. Got a giant. Got a lizard man team, and that's a full lizard man team with a very sexy looking crocs ago as well, and. I was really surprised with this one because they kind of look on par with GW stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if I painted them, took them to a GW store, that the people in the shop couldn't tell the difference between that and their range. They they very they very good models. Yeah, I got a Viking Amazon team. Both of them were from print players as well. So it's a very nice team, and it's again it's something different. It's not just they're Amazons, so we're just going to stick them in bikinis. They are proper Viking angry women, so they're very good. But it's also, I've heard through the grapevine that there could be something in future that you can add on to them to turn them into a Norse team as well. So I'm waiting to see what happens with that, so I perhaps they can have a dual purpose. Also then I have picked up a Punga Scuba Dwarves, I think they're called. Oh, the uh, Punga Underwater Dwarves? Yeah. It's the the uh, submarine with the arms is the Death Roller. Very nice models. It's a bit of a weight to that one, mind. And I was very surprised that that Death Roller fits on a 32mm base as well. Considering it's a big, chunky model, the base of it is quite small. So probably going to be better than if you stick it on the tabletop so it's not, like, overhanging the other squares then, you know, so... It's a very good team. I can't wait to get some paint on all of them. I just gotta try and work out now which one I'm gonna paint up first because 
as we've said before, we go to Fred. So I've decided I'm possibly going to take Snortlings because we may not get our goblins in time. And then I'm trying to look to see, like, if I can't take Snortlings, would I take it for a backup team? I'm going to try and work out which one I want to do first. But, hey that's the life we choose when we got too many models and not enough time to bloody paint anything, innit? But on top of that, I made a Charlie Victor purchase as well. I've ordered myself a couple of their trait bands and I got a couple of their dice because for some reason I like collecting dice even though I can't roll the bastards. I got a couple of dice and I got the new ball token as well. The one that's got the throw template on in the middle which is a very good quality one which we've already seen and yeah I think I've been semi busy I think is the only way I can describe it. But yeah, it's been kind of cool. And outside of the hobby and the podcast, I've just been hanging about and slobbering around with my kid on the PlayStation. So we got a resting game, so we're mucking about on that. He keeps kicking my ass in Smash Brothers. So yeah, it's just fun family time in the J household at the moment. So just thankful for that as well. Keeps me sane. And I think that's it from the pair of us. But, but before we go... I just want to touch on a subject which me and you have talked a little bit about uh, off the podcast and travelling between events. Cheers. Yeah, I'm going to talk Game Funk because we're, me and you, uh, like, let's be honest, we've spoken about this quite a few times because I would say since December for myself, I've hit a bit of a funk and how long has it been for you? I think up until last week, I think it was December, so I was good 10 weeks. Yeah, Wait, if I'm honest, I've been finding it hard to enjoy Blood Bowl a bit. It's been a bit of a hard slog where, like, I always play Blood Bowl for the fun of it, but I've got a commitment with a league, I've made a commitment to go to tournaments, and it just, it feels a bit like a chore at the moment i don't know why because like when i get there i'm with all our mates and all that i'm having a good time and then as soon as the game starts it feels like i got it i don't know what it is as soon as the game starts that's when like the fun seems to like stop a little bit so it's probably something in my head but basically i'm saying about it because i'm looking for advice really from the community about how people would get about it and it's over dull things with me and this is my own fault i'm going to talk about a personality trait which i know is just mine and it's probably the reason that i'm not enjoying it it's I'm, it's a frustration i'm having with the game at the moment and that is just basically my fucking dice i'm having a hard time enjoying the game when I'm constantly struggling against my dice. Like, you've you've seen me in games. You've been gaming next to me, or you've actually finished a game before me, and you've you've stood with me. It's It's been hard to play a game where I can position my team correct, I can, like, work out the blocks correct, and they can all fall into, like, you know, I've set them up for, you know, play two or three, and constantly it feels like I'm fighting my dice. And then... If something does go my way, I can't roll higher the two dice to break armour or I can't put injuries away. It just seems like constantly I'm on the back foot. But I don't know whether it's 
a perceived thing or if it's just I've just been very unlucky recently but it's just a constant fight do you understand what I mean? I understand what you mean yes you can have games where everything goes right and you have games where everything goes wrong and the games where everything goes wrong your opponent doesn't even have to roll terribly or make bad decisions because the dice decide you can't do anything at all and it's when those games happen back to back multiple times I know exactly what you mean yeah because I would say up until the beginning of Cardiff Cup I think every game I had was just that nearly I say nearly it was every game I had from December up until Cardiff Cup I heard oh fuck yeah dice are not on, on your side today are they dice, the dice don't like you this game oh I think you've pissed off the dice a bit like isn't it? but it's just like alright yeah we're all saying that in jest and all that type of thing and it is it's a bit it's a laugh right but I'm constantly hearing that and, it's an, and it annoys me that I know it's not my positional play it is just rolling dice which is the integral part of the game no matter how much I move a model no matter how much I set up for stopping players moving the integral fundamental part of the game is you've got to roll a dice and statistically I roll very very bad I, it's probably the way I roll is well below an average if you want to get mathematical on it because like we've pissed about haven't we and you've seen me roll a skull into a skull the next time I get to roll a dice it's a skull into a skull and that's been like four turns in four games like you know so yeah it's it's not been statistically right it's like where I've said before I've had the rare game you know the once in a lifetime game where everything's gone right they have been very minuscule but because I've been in such a funk when they've happened I haven't actually walked away still enjoying those games I've kind of walked away going oh well back to normal next time it's like I'm getting me to a point where it's no, I'm like well there's no point in me playing because I know what the outcome is and I don't want to be like that because it's no fun for me it's no fun for the person I'm playing and well half of it is we are talking to the person across from us and if he thinks I'm just going to be a miserable bastard the whole time why would he want to play me it's not fun so yeah like I'm talking about this now so people can possibly send a message or give me ideas on how to get out of the funk and I just because I, I don't personally know what to do it's like I'm try, I, I've gone down the road of Perhaps I should try a different team. Perhaps something that instead of going bottom of tier two, going into tier three, perhaps I should play one or two games where I haven't got to think about the lack of skills or positioning. I could just roll dice and hope for the best. Or perhaps I should just make a point of just having quite a few fuck about games for the next couple of weeks. I don't know. It's like I want to know how the community works their way around it because. I can't be the only one to think like this. And I don't think you are the only one that thinks the same way that you do. I think it's been people before us or, or people going through at the same time as us. So perhaps we could all help each other out by talking about it. And I've just realised, Beard, I've kind of dominated this whole last going off subject, haven't we? So do you want to talk about you a funk? Well, I went through a similar thing a couple of months ago and I did exactly what you said. Sometimes when you have those games where it's back-to-back of 
I can't do anything. Oh look, I'll roll armor. I guarantee it's going to be a one and a three. Oh look, it's a one and a three. Where that constantly repeats that cycle. You still enjoy the banter. You still enjoy having a chat with your opposition. But the actual game, like you say, you just you know what's going to happen. You know what the result's going to be before you've even played it. And I I sat there. And I've I've played a few different teams over the last sort of year or two. Humans, halflings, dwarfs, vampires, chaos dwarfs, goblins. Recently, and I decided I have a safety net team of dwarfs. Don't get me wrong, I can't still win with them, but they have that safety net of everybody has block, everybody has tackle. You know, you've got that. Well, if the dice are going to fuck me, is a couple of things that might help with the dice. So I can concentrate on my positioning, so I can concentrate on decision making. And I think sometimes, yeah, it, it is picking a team that plays differently to how you've been playing, or a safety net team like Amazon's where everybody has dodge, for instance. Because there's help with the dice, it doesn't feel as bad when the dice go against you. I mean, don't get me wrong, if you're playing dwarfs and you roll double skull into double skull constantly, not a lot you can do. But if you're playing dwarfs and you keep rolling both downs, well, I've got block. So minimum is we're staying on his feet. Do you know what I mean? So I think I did that. And I think because I won a couple of games recently and I thought, right, hang on, this isn't normal. I don't want to be getting a complex here. I decided this week I was just going to have a shits and giggles game, play something I fully expected to lose and fully expected to have a laugh and have a few beers. And we did. I think me and Mark were the loudest table at the pub this week just because we were laughing so much and I think again like you said you've had that painting for a deadline as well while you've been getting used to the team you've been playing and I think when you're also not enjoying your painting at the same time because you're rushing to get it done you're not necessarily doing your top level of painting because you've got a deadline to get it all done by that doesn't really leave much aspect in the hobby for enjoyment it's a uh, I've got to get it done by this time oh look the game's not working oh look I'm not enjoying it that happened to me when I used to play 40k and I I ended up stopping playing 40k I haven't played it for about 5-6 years now but there's other reasons behind that as well whereas with Blood Bowl it's easy enough price point wise to go buy another team and give them a go like you said you've you've picked up Dwarves you've picked up Amazons so you've got a couple of teams there that play differently to your play style that you can go right actually I'll give them a go and that that kind of works for me, just switching up my playstyle, switching up what I'm painting. I no longer paint to a deadline. Well, I, I do paint to a deadline, but not necessarily a case of I'm taking this in three weeks. I've got three weeks to paint it. I'll sit there going, right, I've got an event in four months' time. At that event in four months' time, I want to have this team finished, whether I take them or not. And what I do is I make a list for something that's already finished and for that team. That way, if I don't get that team finished, oh, look, I have a team that's already painted. I haven't stressed myself out. You know, so I I build my own contingency in there for enjoying my hobby time, but still getting stuff done for a deadline. Because if you've decided, well, I'll take one or the other, and you're two weeks from the event and it's roster submission date, and you know that the, the team you're painting ain't going to get done in time, well, look, I've got a team that's done. I'll still keep painting these in my hobby time and try to get them done. But if I don't make it, it's no big shakes. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it does make sense. And like I like. I know where you're coming from with the painting. Like, I've never had a problem with painting. Cause like, like I've told you plenty of times. I had the whole thing of, I'd done a year of Black Oaks. And yeah, I, I enjoyed myself. I had fun. Because I knew I wasn't going to walk away from most of my games 
with a 50-50 team of either really slow or really soft. It was just going to be, let's, let's fuck about hit each other and have a laugh. Right? I'd done a year of that. And because I'd done a year of that, I had a painted team. So I've never really turned around and said, oh, shit, uh, I'm not going to make, make this team finish. I said, like Cardiff Cup, I went, I want to get to Cardiff Cup to try it. Because I always knew in my head, because the deadline for submitting your roster was that morning. Worst case scenario is like, I could have been up on the Thursday and I got shit, no way am I going to be fucking doing this. Well, one night I just packed my bloody black oaks in it. But like I said, it's mostly game-wise with me. I think, but my problem is now I don't and I don't want to sound like a whingy bitch about it. I don't want to be what that fucker that everyone talks about. Go, oh, he's a, you know, he's a stroppy fucker. He's that miserable bastard of the group or anything like that. So I, this is why I'm reaching out to people. It's my own way of doing it, and I feel because we got the podcast, we can if we're open about it, people can like hear our thought process, can't they? So. Um, yeah, so guys, if you got any idea how to get through Hobby Funk and you want to chat or you want to just leave an idea, you we've said throughout the show our yeah, you know our details for social media and our email. We've also told you about our Discord, so don't hesitate to get in contact with us. Just you know. We're not asking for disrespectful comments. We want everyone to be respectful because, like, these are communities we want to grow. And, yeah, some people do go through funk. And, yeah, you sh- they shouldn't be shamed for it, I don't think, really, should they? So it's just something that we can all come together and help with. No, absolutely not. So I think that's it for me, bud. And I think that's it from me this week. So we'll leave it there. So it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. But remember, guys, bad times don't last. Just bad guys. Ta-da. Mm-hmm.